As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Now, you might remember our episode from just two weeks ago about Web3, DAOs, ICOs, protocols. We got into the weeds on some of the hottest things happening in tech today. Yeah, we sure did. And with all of these topics, things are always happening and changing, and they're changing fast. So fast, in fact, that we actually have a surprise part (laughs) two to that episode that we weren't planning for, but here we are. Yeah, because, well, a lot happened since then. Specifically, we now know the rest of the story with that ragtag group that formed, as we aired, the Constitution Dow. They formed with one mission in mind. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. That was not the Constitution Dow. That was Nicolas Cage in National (laughs) Treasure. (laughs) And the Constitution Dow wasn't going to steal anything. They were raising money in a Dow structure to buy the Constitution, not the Declaration of Independence. Okay, I I know, but 
they were the ones using these Nicolas Cage national treasure memes and promoting their cause. But but yes, their goal was to not steal, but raise millions of dollars that would be required to purchase the Constitution at an auction that was taking place at the famed Sotheby's on November 18th. And in this episode, we'll let you know what happened. You'll find out how the auction ended with all the drama that you can imagine. Yes, and the drama that happened in the days following too. Buckle up, it's gonna get a little weird. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. Okay, so if you aren't aware of the Constitution Dow, you may want to go back and listen to our previous episode from two weeks back, but we'll, we'll catch you up a little bit right here too. First, as a reminder of what a DAO is, it stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. It basically is an organization represented by rules encoded as a computer program that is transparent. Everything is meant to be controlled by the organization members and not influenced by a central government. These rules can vary, but if you're a part of a DAO, you can have influence over the governance of that actual organization. Yeah, Steve Kovac, the technology editor of CNBC, he has another way of describing it. Think of it, Chip, like a internet chat room with a really big bank account. That is what these people are. It's very, it's, it's decentralized, like everything in the crypto world is, and... What we're learning here is that they can direct this energy towards anything, including buying a copy of the Constitution. Yeah, that's probably a more succinct way of describing it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just last month. They are inspired by the movie National Treasure. They've raised almost 50 million bucks and they're out to buy the United States Constitution, at least an early version of it. One of only 13 surviving copies, original first edition copies. It's valued at roughly 20 mil. And who is this mysterious financier? Well, a ragtag group of cryptocurrency investors. That was Shep Smith from CNBC. But one of only 13 first edition copies valued at over $20 million. And this ragtag group formed to buy it. Within 24 hours of the group forming, they had already raised millions of dollars. Now, Sotheby's estimated that it would fetch $20 million at auction. And after a couple of weeks... The group had raised nearly $50 million, $47 million to be exact. So while it may have all started on a whim, kind of a joke even, things got serious very fast. Very fast is right. Now, a lot of details were unclear even on the day of the auction. Details like, well, who would actually own the Constitution if they did win it? People that contributed, they weren't actually going to get any ownership. They'd be able to vote on decisions that would be made about the Constitution, like, for instance, where to store it. But there wasn't really time for all the details to be ironed out because just a couple of weeks after the group formed, it was already auction day, November 18th, 2021. The auction at Sotheby's started that evening and the suspense built for the Constitution Dow team and everyone watching as their items started off first in the auction. Yeah, some of those items like the work No Bear Back after EMBA by Lisa Bryce. Uh, that saw bids escalate up to $2.6 million. Two works by Banksy ended up selling for $5.6 million and $8.1 million each. Actually, fun fact, many of the bids that came in for those pieces were cryptocurrency bids. And this was the first time that Sotheby's accepted crypto bids over the phone and in person. Yeah, so this auction was historical on a couple of different fronts. It was, it was. But before too long, 
Quig Bruning, Senior Vice President of Sotheby's, he took to the podium and began to announce the item that many around the world were waiting for. At least those following this whole Constitution Dow story. Here's Quig. For the first time, Sotheby's is presenting a unique single lot sale as part of our November marquee auction series alongside our biggest sales of the year for contemporary and modern art. Such a showcase is a perfect presentation for one of the rarest and most prized pieces of American history, a first printing of the United States Constitution, dating to 1787. With only 13 copies known to exist today in this first printing and only one other available for private ownership, the printing of the Constitution is one of the most significant historical documents ever offered at auction. Needing little introduction on its importance, the United States Constitution is the longest continuing charter of government in the world and the product of a revolution in political thought at least as important and far-reaching as the fight for American independence. The freaking U.S. Constitution. It, it's kind of unreal. You know, at, at this point, you could cut the tension with a knife. Yeah, like, you know, a really fancy knife made by Tiffany or something like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. A fancy Tiffany's knife, right? <laughs> anyway, the auction began and the bidding was fast and fierce. So it's been here at $10 million, at $10 million, $11 million, $12 million. At 13 million, now 14 million the bits here with me at 14 million dollars. At 14, 30 million dollars with Brooke Lampley. 30 million dollars now is bid with Brooke. It's Brooke's bid at 30. At 30 million dollars with Brooke Lampley. From 10 million dollars to 30 million dollars in just a matter of seconds. You heard the bid by Brooke Lampley. Now, Brooke isn't the actual person bidding. Brooke is actually an executive at Sotheby's as the chairman and worldwide head of sales for fine art. And she's making the bid on behalf of somebody who she's on the phone with. Now, at the time, many speculated that Brooke must have been representing Constitution Dow, especially with the quick jump right up to 30 million. Word was already out that Constitution Dow raised 47 million, so it seemed to make sense that they would you know, go hard with their bid. And this massive jump to $30 million, it quickly eliminated a lot of others from bidding. And soon, it was down to just two bidders, Brooke Lampley, another Sotheby's executive representing another call-in bidder, David Schrader. And the bidding went back and forth for several minutes, actually, until the bids got all the way up to $40 million. David Schrader, or rather the bidder that he represented, he had the top bid at $40 million. So we're still thinking about it, but maybe that might have done it. David, the bid is yours at $40 million. It is not yours, Brooke. We can bring the hammer up again, increase the drama one more time. At $40 million, David, the bid is yours, $41 million. With Brooke at $41 million. Just in time at $41 million, Brooke Lampley, the bid is yours at $41. Mr. Schrader, what shall we say? At $41 million, it is Brooke's bid at $41. It's ahead of your phone, it's with Brooke at $41 million. This historic document with Brooke Lampley's bid at $41 million, viewed around the country at 41 No, are we sure? At $41 million, Brooke, looks like congratulations are in order to your bidder. David, you're out. Anyone else is welcome to jump in, but Brooke Lampley, the bid is yours for the United States Constitution at $41 million. Sold, $41 million, paddle 411. Congratulations. So Brooks Bitter comes through and wins the Constitution for $41 million, beating out Dave Schrader. And history is made because the Constitution Dow won their bid. Well, not so fast. Because Brooke 
actually wasn't representing Constitution Dow. Turns out that David Schrader was representing Constitution Dow, that ragtag group who cobbled together $47 million to buy the Constitution. They actually lost. Their highest bid was not the biggest. What a letdown, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but wait, the winning bid was just $41 million, and they raised 47 So why didn't they keep going higher? Well, it turns out that protecting the Constitution, making sure it has a safe home, keeping it the proper temperature, with proper lighting, with the proper security, all that costs money. And the group had figured out in advance how much it would take to properly care for the document, and that price was reduced from the total of what they raised. So their max bid, apparently, was $40 million. So yes, they ended up losing out. Who they lost out to and what happened next after a short break from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Yahoo Finance. Wouldn't it be great if you could see all of your investment and retirement accounts in one place? With Yahoo Finance, you can consolidate your views with multiple accounts into one hub and access the expert analysis you need to tend to your entire portfolio with confidence. Honestly, this has been a lifesaver for me. I've used Yahoo Finance to consolidate all of my various 401k and investment accounts so I can see everything all in one place. And it makes it incredibly easy to manage. So if you're struggling with that, check out Yahoo Finance. For over 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart a great investor. And that's how Yahoo Finance ensures that you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. So go to yahoofinance.com that's yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. So before the break, we took you to Sotheby's just last month where a group of people formed in a matter of just a couple weeks to try to buy the U.S. Constitution, but they lost out, bidding their max of $40 million, which was Twice more, by the way, than Sotheby's predicted it would cost to win the rare historical document. And somebody else coming in with their $41 million bid became the new owner of this copy of the U.S. Constitution. But who was that? Well, Michael, I'll give you a hint. Here's the person testifying before the House Committee on Financial Services about GameStop trading activity in late January 2021. Thank you for the opportunity to testify today on the recent market events. U.S. capital markets are the envy of the world. Our nation's ability to allocate capital to its best and highest use creates jobs, drives innovation, and fuels our economy. America's retail investors play an important role in our capital markets. According to Gallup, about 55% of Americans own stock right now. Citadel Securities, as the largest market maker in the U.S. equities market, executes more trades on behalf of retail investors than any other firm. As I will discuss shortly, Citadel Securities played an important role 
in meeting the needs of retail investors during the week of January 24th. Before doing so, I want to be perfectly clear. We had no role in Robinhood's decision to limit trading in GameStop or any of the other meme stocks. I first learned of Robinhood's trading restrictions only after they were publicly announced. Wait a minute, Citadel Securities? This testimony, this is all due to the GameStop stock explosion just about a year ago. And he's referring to Robinhood halting trading, which upset a ton of investors who were getting in on the action. A lot of people believe that Citadel Securities used their power to influence Robinhood to halt this trading. But wait, that means the person who beat out the Constitution Dow was... Yes, it was. Ken Griffin, CEO of Citadel Securities. And... Michael, he assured us that Citadel had nothing to do with Robinhood's stoppage that day. This is kind of unreal. I mean, if you looked at the Constitution Dow as the heroes of this story, what a better villain than Ken Griffin to be the Goliath to this collective David. I mean, hey, he's already played that villain role to a collective group of investors. Remember Wall Street bets, that whole Reddit community? I mean, yeah, so why not Ken Griffin here? Oh, by the way, Fun fact, Ken Griffin's net worth, it's worth over $20 billion. So this $41 million bid, if you compared it to, say, I don't know, a tech worker who's saved up uh, okay amount, let's say $200,000 in the bank, well, his bid of $41 million would be like that tech worker bidding around $400. The cost of, I don't know, a bicycle? (laughs) Not even, honestly, right? (laughs) Anyway, what a blow to that Constitution Dow community. So what happens next? Well, that's a really good question. Here's CNBC's Mackenzie Sigalos as she joins Shep Smith on the CNBC segment to talk about that. All of that said, you still have to recognize how powerful DAOs can be. The fact that it facilitated such a massive transfer of capital so fast, we're talking $47 million in a week, and this happened with little to no formal oversight. That's huge. Yeah, what what happens to all the money they, they brought together? Yeah, great question. So two things are going to happen, supposedly. Those that donated money to the collective are being told that they can get their crypto back if they want it, minus the transaction fee. Organizers of Constitution Dow said that they'll sort out the logistics we once need- they get some sleep. No word on that yet. And then for those who decide to actually leave their funds in the group's crypto wallet, they will vote on what to do next, like potentially bid in another historic auction. Okay. Well, at least they can get their money back or leave it in there and see what else they can do. But I don't know. At this point, you didn't do what you set out to do, right? You'd probably just get your refund and call it a day. If only it were that easy, Michael, because let me tell you, the story does not end just like that. Oh, no? Just a couple of days later, Twitter user Nick Bax noticed something. He pointed out that the leaders of Constitution Dow, they were either, in his words, incompetent or malicious. They were making internal decisions that were causing insane volatility, at least according to Nick, the type that insiders could easily trade on. What do you mean? What what are they doing exactly? Okay, well, this is going to get a little technical, but stay with me here. So Constitution Dow, they gave their contributors an ERC-20 token, which is a type of Ethereum token. So let's call that token people. For every one Ethereum token contributed to the campaign, that person received 1 million people tokens, which is roughly a fraction of a penny for every people token. 
So one way of refunding everybody would be to write a redemption contract and contributors could return their people coins in exchange for the Ethereum. Seems simple enough, right? But it sounds like that's not what happened. No, instead the team announced a snapshot at a specific block. And a snapshot is basically the act of recording the state of a blockchain on a particular block height at a certain point in time, which basically means everybody who held the token at that block would be able to claim the underlying Ethereum if you took action and sent your coins back into a certain pool. Okay, I see what's going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, like, also, by the way, here's the thing. I mean, if you didn't do that within 24 hours, you actually couldn't get your refund. You would just be stuck with your people coins. And the remaining money from those people coins would go towards who knows what, you know, some other project. You know, they didn't get the Constitution, so I guess they'd try for something else. Um, the thing is, Constitution Dow, they gave this 24-hour notice at 1 a.m., on a Friday night. So if you didn't see that notice in the Discord group they'd set up for contributors and, you know, you were spending the weekend with your family and weren't on your phone very much, well, you wouldn't even have a chance at getting a refund. Okay, uh, that's, that's rough. It also seems like a really bad decision. Yeah, well, here's what happened. After that snapshot announcement, many people that did see the message immediately dumped their people coins into the pool and they took several hundred thousand dollars worth of Ethereum as their refund. Oddly, though, there were some accounts that were actually buying significant amounts of people at 50 to 90% below that original price. The value of people coin went way down. It's, some people were actually buying people coins. That's really interesting. Yes. And then, out of nowhere, Constitution Dow announced that they were scrapping that original snapshot plan and instead they would do a redemption contract. And at that point, the people price immediately skyrocketed because now you're going to get that original value for your people coins in Ethereum. And so the team was trying to not really take any responsibility because they said the whole time, well, you, sh you shouldn't buy and sell people coins. You shouldn't trade them. But it turns out some of the project members, they were trading. So it's either incompetence. Which could be the case because this is all new, right? Yes. And, you know, this all happened very fast in a short time frame. So that would be fair. Or it could have been planned insider trading. I don't know. Um, but that's not all. There's another piece to all of this that just doesn't really feel right. What's that? Well, half the people that donated, the median contribution was like $200. So to get a refund, the fees start to really add up. Uh, Jordan Pearson of Voice was a contributor in the Constitution Dow's efforts to buy the Constitution. And you can read a post that he wrote about the aftermath titled, Buy the Constitution? Aftermath. Everybody very mad, confused, losing lots of money, fighting, crying, etc. Anyway, he bought $200 worth of Ethereum, and from that, Coinbase took a $3 fee. Then you needed a MetaMask crypto wallet. There's another $12 network fee involved with that. Then you have to send that crypto to Juicebox, the platform that Constitution Dow used. There were gas fees involved. In this case, a $75 gas fee. Okay, so this is definitely adding up. Of that initial $200, there's already $90 in fees. Yeah, and not only that, if you want a refund, you basically have to do all of that in reverse, which means that $200 contribution it basically just gets wiped out by all the fees you paid. So at this rate, what's the point? You may as well keep your worthless people coins. Well, it's funny you say that, Michael, because you're 100% right. Yeah, so th there's more to the story then? Well, let's get right into it after this break. 
So before the break, we learned about Constitution Dow's effort to pool together tens of millions of dollars to buy the U.S. Constitution. This isn't Nicolas Cage and National Treasure. This is actually real life. But they didn't win. Their bid wasn't high enough. And in the aftermath, the process for refunding $47 million worth of brand new cryptocurrency contributions, well, it was pretty messy, as you can imagine. And because of all the fees involved, it honestly wasn't even worth the effort. And those people who didn't bother to get a refund, well, consider themselves the lucky ones, Michael. Because let me ask you this. What do you think the value of one people coin is after you've actually lost the bid to win the Constitution? Well, I mean, honestly, I'd say nothing, but... I feel like that's not the right answer here. <laughs> well, you'd be wrong because today one people coin is worth six cents. Okay, that's that's not bad. But I mean, wait, is it? Is it actually bad? <laughs> well, okay, let me go back. Remember this. One million people coins were worth one Ethereum coin. Today, one Ethereum coin is worth $4,608. So if you spend an entire Ethereum coin to buy one million people coins today... That would actually be worth $60,000, which is like a 13-time increase, all because people is now America's latest meme coin. I mean, of course it is, right? Because it's 2021. How else would it work? Not only that, it's actually gone down a little bit. At its peak, it was close to 17 cents. So somebody traded it at its peak, a $200 contribution to the Constitution Dow, They've been worth like $170,000. I mean, minus the gas fees, of course, right? <laughs> of course, of course. Those gas fees that are so high that it actually made people hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, and I don't know. My head is officially hurting trying to comprehend all of this. So is that the end of the story now? I don't know, Michael. I mean, maybe it's the end of the story. <laughs> maybe it's just the start of the story. Maybe the real story is that PeopleCoin is going to be the next Dogecoin or Shiba Inu and make new people millionaires. I have no idea. Or maybe they'll raise even more money and buy the White House. Is that even possible? Maybe. I don't know, Michael. I feel like these days anything is possible. (laughs) Well, I don't know. It's something we need to keep an eye on for sure because this Constitution Dow story has already taken so many twists and turns. I feel like there's going to be a part three episode coming out before the end of this season. Michael, I feel like there ought to be a Netflix movie or HBO (laughs) series inspired by all this to come out before too long, not just in episode three. Okay, well, until there is, we'll be back next week with more from our antitrust season here on Rocketship.fm. For Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.